Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Jim Godwin. I am a uh, broker owner and team leader in the Kansas City, Missouri market. And I'm co-hosting the Agent Power Huddle today. Welcome. And I have with me today a new friend, uh, Moxie Johnson, who is also in the Kansas City market, team leader, and uh, and uh, from what I know so far, a badass agent. <laughs> well, thanks. Welcome. welcome, Moxie. Thank you for being here with us. I really appreciate taking the time to spend with us this morning and, and teaching us a little bit about what you're doing because um, you are killing it in the market. And, and um, it seems like um, everyone should know a, a little bit about what you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I hope that I can give some sort of insight because Jim, I'll be honest, I'm not entirely certain I know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. And I think that's most of us. Yeah. We wake up, we wake up every day. We're like, okay, what do I got to do now to, uh, to learn something new? Right. 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 Yeah. So true. So true. <laughs> So um, when I when we when we talked yesterday, I asked you um, what your superpower was, and yeah. you said to me, "I don't hear the word no." Correct. And I thought that was super interesting, and and um, I think we can go a, a bunch of different directions with this. Um, and I can't wait to dig deep into that because I have my um, when when I hear that, I have. Um, what I think that means. And I'm interested to, to see how that plays out in your life. But first I want to talk about a little bit about you and, and um, go into your, your origin story, how you became in um, became an, an agent, um, where you, where, what you did before this, you've been a, um, a team leader, you've been in the business for five and a half years, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, tell us how you got into the business and, and um, a little bit about what you did before you got into real estate. Um, well, I kind of jumped into the business with both feet, um, not really knowing what the heck I was doing. But the reason that I got in was because um, I worked as a construction staffing company um, project coordinator. So I would hire construction workers, fire them, find them, interview them. Literally, I was their everything except for their girlfriend. Um, and some of them, I might have even been their girlfriend. That's not the point, though. Um, so I was really, really good at that job. I was wonderful at phone calls. Um, I turned that company from $3.8 million to $8 million in 16 months. And my GM had a propensity of firing anybody when W-2s came out. If we made more money than him on W-2, came around and cleaned house. I don't know why, but he just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I got fired and so did my uh, top sales rep in that office um, got fired as well. And from that day on, I decided no one was ever going to dictate another paycheck for me as long as I lived. So if it was not coming off of my efforts, um, it wasn't going to happen. I was never going to let someone else say, this is how much you're worth. This is how much you can make for your family and for your future. So I jumped into real estate that night. I actually uh, ran into an agent that I was thinking about going part-time with. And I've never seen her out in public before, never have seen her again, and walked right up to her at the bar and said, when do I start? Uh, so I went to her office the very next day, started classes the following Monday, and jumped full force. Um, I got my first paycheck very quickly. I was, I was very lucky with that. I think I got it within 
something like 72 days of getting my starting class. I got my, my took me a month to get my, my classes done. Um, so I got a, a paycheck very quickly. And since then I've never missed a month without a paycheck in five and a half years. So I've always had a closing. Now, Jim, let's be honest. One of those months, that paycheck was $345. That's not the point. The point is I still got a paycheck that month. So um, I really hold that near and dear to my heart that I make sure that every single month, no matter what I make a paycheck, I make a sale of some sort. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, when you when you jumped into the business, did you know anything about real estate at all? No, I was also a really big jerk back then. Now I'm a really big jerk, but in a business way, then I was just a really big jerk. So I didn't, I mean, I was 30 years old. I had been a jerk pretty much my whole life. Um, I was single from a divorce. So I didn't have like, I literally had nobody. It was just myself and didn't have a big sphere of influence. um, Didn't have a big social media presence and just went full board. I mean, both feet right in. Let's go. Let's see what we can do. Um, and you said you were, you were divorced at the time. Yeah. Yep. So, so going, jumping into real estate, jumping in from a W2 career into a fully commissioned <laughs> career. Yeah. Well, just, just becoming divorced. Yeah. So you had, you had no sugar daddy to help support, right? No. You had, me. yeah, I'm sure you didn't have this huge nest egg built up to, to, to like, support yourself, right? No, I I literally think that I might've had about $700 in my bank account. I put the class on a credit card um, in order to take the class to get my real estate license. Like Mm -hmm. I had mounting debt because I love to travel. I had no knowledge of business, like zero business knowledge, no money in the bank, no one to fall back on. I had a house and luckily I decided, well, I need someone to help pay my mortgage. So I got two roommates at 30. um, And so I just did whatever it took. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I decided when I got into real estate was I was going to do whatever it took. That's why I adopted the name Moxie as hardcore as I did. I don't hear no, like you're not going to be able to accomplish that. No, I don't want to buy. What I heard is you don't want to buy right now. No, I don't want to sell. You don't want to sell right now. So, um, yeah, my, my first year, actually, my goal was 20 deals. And my broker was like, oh, that's so sweet. How are you going to get to 20 deals? We need to figure out a plan to get you to 20 deals. Cause that's, that's a tough goal. Mm-hmm. So I did 24 because I wasn't going to let somebody tell me that I couldn't. And every year I've just grown since then. So I, I just don't hear the word no very well. Yeah. I, I, this, it's, it's, that's an incredible story. And and something that I think is really, really important for um, new agents uh, specifically, but I think for all agents as a, as a reminder that, um, you know, there's, there's a huge fear around jumping into real estate because it is one of the only professions that you can do where you 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 get it, you get your license, you get a job technically is quote unquote day one. And, you know, best case scenario, you're getting paid in 90 days. Right. Right. So um, it's a huge fear factor in that and, and um, hearing that it it can be done and and you were so successful at it. That's the, that's, that's the kind of thing I want to like jump into because I think that's really important. Um, you, you mentioned, I want to just go back to before you got, you know, into real estate, you were in, um, you were in this construction business. Do you see any, um, connections and tie-ins to real estate when you were doing that business that set you up for your career coming into real estate? 
So the only thing that I think that I got from that, first off, I learned in that business really who Moxie was. Um, but second off, there was a system that was put into place. They told me if you do 45 interviews a week, you will build this. And so I was like, well, 45 interviews a week in five days, that's nine interviews a day. I got to figure out how to get. And at that point, I had to put 15 people on the um, board every single day to interview. And nine was my average that would actually show up. So mm -hmm. I had to wake up every single day and figure out how am I going to call enough people to fill that board so that I know every day nine people will show up and I will hire a few of them. So people would call me from around the nation that had been doing it for years saying, how are you so successful at this? And I'm like, well, there's a system in place. They told me, do this. It will work. I did this. It worked. What that taught me for real estate was there really are systems that you can put into place in real estate. If you follow up with clients, they'll buy from you. If you are nice to people and you tell them you're an agent, their odds are they're going to buy from you. Mm -hmm. There are systems that can be put in place just the same as what I learned in that business that I think probably helped propel me. Um, but I also learned that I didn't take no for an answer from that business because, you know, when you're on the phones pounding it, you know, especially construction workers, you're calling them to come in and interview and do paperwork. They want to tell you to go die in a fire in the most polite way. Um, so I learned very simply how to hear the word no. Um, but, you know, the other thing, Jim, that I did in that was was huge. I learned how to make phone calls like a son of a bitch. Yeah. I have a I have a system for phone calls, five step system that I teach any agent that comes onto my team. It is the best system that I've ever come up with. And honestly, at this point, I've been, I've been perfecting this system for about nine years to the point so much that yesterday I did this system in front of my new sales agent or my new sales manager. I don't even realize that I'm doing it now. And then she jumps on the phone and I'm like, shoot, now we need to go over the five steps. I completely forgot. So it's interesting that that job being on the phones consistently taught me so well how to take phone calls and be on the phone as an agent. And these five steps are, I mean, they're dynamite. They get you through any conversation and you become that person's best friend almost immediately. So that, that job really taught me those skills. Yeah. And I guess when you are, um, when you're calling potential buyers and sellers, um, the, the way that they're reacting to you is probably not as harsh as um, construction workers that you're trying to hire. Well, <laughs> you'd be surprised, <laughs> especially when you're calling for sale by owners. They're super cool. Um, but I've, I've always been pretty successful at converting for sale by owners because of the system. Of course, I'm going to get some that tell me to go jump off a cliff or die in a fire. And it is what it is with those. But again, I just I don't let those bother me. I just move on to the next. So it's been, it's been interesting. And again, learning this, teaching this to these other agents um, to help them cultivate their skills on how to make phone calls and how to do it the right way. I mean, I, I really have a, a very high success rate of phone calls. I don't know why I'm just. Can we, can we talk them. about this five-step process you have? Yeah. Um, so the very first step to the process is um, you have 45 seconds to get them to laugh. Period. The end. The if they are beginning. not laughing in the first 45 seconds, they're either not my person or they don't like you almost immediately. If you can get them to laugh, they like you as a human. You've chilled them out a little bit. Um, you kind of can start to get on their level. Uh, the second can step. I, can I ask you about that real quick? Sure. 
So when you, I, I do you come into the call having a few things that you're trying to get them to laugh about, or, or are you playing off of the initial call in, in like how they're reacting to your call and like, how, how are you getting them to that point? So I'm really goofy, Jim. I feel like you know that at this point, right? I do know that. (laughs) So I'll call, you know, ring, ring. Hey, this is Sally. Hey, Sally Moxie with the Soulless Moxie team. I saw that you had inquired about a house. I was just calling to chat. Do you have a second? Absolutely, Moxie. I have a second. Okay. So what do you think? You know, you like this house. What do you like about it? Well, you know, my husband needs a bigger room. And then I immediately go, oh my goodness, them husbands, don't they always need something else from us? Right. (laughs) And then she's chuckling on the other side of the phone. And it's like, now she knows I'm a real human. This is not just a sales call anymore. She is telling me about her husband now. I have talked to my dogs on the phone with people to get them to laugh. I've stubbed my toe. I have, I've, um, I mean, there's just a plethora of things that I have done in those first 45 seconds Uh that just make the conversation that much simpler for them to understand. Got it. Got it. That's great. That is, that is like, that is amazing to hear yeah. because like yeah i mean once people um understand that you are a real human being yeah um, and you're not this there to try to push something on them or convince them to do something right and you actually can start to have a real conversation with people yep but so i think that's really good so yep. when when you get somebody that doesn't laugh or you've tried you know a couple of times in the first 45 seconds what do you yep. do like? So if they're not laughing, they're not my person, period. Um, I might still communicate with them after that phone call, but I am not the person that's going to dig down deep and force someone to work with me. I have set up a life for myself that if that person isn't chuckling at the other side, they're never going to laugh at my jokes. I'm probably not going to interact with them very well. They're not going to get me. I'll still sell them something, but it's not going to be very fun for anybody. So if someone's not laughing in the first 45 seconds, I usually don't do a whole lot to drag them through the mud to keep them on board. Again, that's that go for like that. I don't hear no. The whole premise is if they're not laughing to me, that is a no, they don't like my personality. I'm not, I'm not holding deep. And that may, people may say, wow, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. I don't care because I have a very sane life because I won't deal with people that are jerks. If you're not laughing at the fact that I'm making fun of my husband, you're probably not my person. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm sure you've heard of creating a client avatar. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, so percent. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're creating yes. your avatar that you want to work with because you you have a finite amount of time in your day. Yes, and you want to work with the people that want to work with you, and you're you're creating and digging down into that avatar as you're going through this, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Cool, cool. So then, what's step two? So step one, make them laugh. Step two, get on the same level as them. Step one and step two are very similar in my opinion, um, because when you are getting something that's personal, they've just spoken about and you've turned it into a laughing point. You've also at the same time kind of gotten on their level, right? So again, you want them to know that you're a human. You're not calling out of a sales. You're truly calling because you want to help them in some way. So getting on their level, again, eases into the conversation. Um, Number two is dumb yourself down to their level. I know that seems weird, but it's very important to dumb yourself down to their level because if you're automatically going to how amazing I am, how great I am, they're never going to care. They literally, they're done. If you dumb yourself down to their level, they're like, oh, dang, this girl's right here with me. Um, That will, again, another level of comfortability. Um, And then number number four is almost the same as number two, but you want to immediately find common ground. So like when the Chiefs are playing, 
I always talk about the fact, oh yeah, we tailgated the other day. If they don't respond to that well, I find a different topic that I can communicate with them on. My phone calls are never usually two minutes long. They're usually, you're spending five to nine minutes with me on the phone because I actually want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So come to a common ground that you can talk to them on a real level. Yeah, I, I go to Jupiter, Florida every year. Oh my gosh, I have family in Jupiter, Florida. Like, Boom. Now you've got that. So if the first one doesn't work, pick a second, pick a third, be real quick with picking these and make them very casual. And you become that person's best friend at that point. Number five, and this is the hardest, but most important, show them your knowledge. So number four, number three, if you remember, dumb yourself down to their level. They need that at the beginning. But number five, you've got to show them your knowledge now as a professional in this business. So if you're just an idiot the whole time, which I am an idiot for the majority of my phone calls, again, it's how I get people personalized. But number five is I do get serious at a point when they've gotten comfortable with me and I know we can dig a little deeper. If you can get serious with them and blow them away with your knowledge of the area, the prices, whatever it is, they're clients for life. And it's this proof. This is a proven system I've tried for nine years and I've screwed it up several times to try to see what if I try not to make them laugh this time? What if I don't become personal with them on step four? Will I still get the same results? And I do not get the same results because this system just freaking works. Yeah. Yeah. So if you tried to go to step five before going through the other steps, then it just doesn't work. Just hang up. Just hang up. You screwed it all up. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're and you're you're trying to get them. Um, to, to essentially bring their wall down yeah, so that you can actually start to have a, a real communication with them yeah. um, and so that they can hear what you're saying. Cause a lot of times you say things like I've done this and I've done that. And we, we, you know, I can help you with this, but if, if, if you're not already connected to that person, they're not going to hear what you're saying. Right. And, and the other thing you have to think about is a lot of times when we're talking to these clients, they're strangers. So yes, we do work our sphere. Obviously those are the easy peasy ones. Those are the simple ones. You don't really have to have a lot of a tactic there. But when it's a stranger on the other side of the phone, whether it's an online lead, a web lead, um, even a client referral lead, that's still a stranger on the other side. Number one thing is we have to get these people to trust us. They are buying their largest purchase they'll ever make and the most life-changing decisions with our knowledge. If they don't like us and trust us, it's never going to happen. Well, how do you get a stranger to like you and trust you? I don't know, figure out a way to become their friend. This is a, a proven way to become a, a friend of a person mm. like that and then not even realize that you just did it. Did you, did you come into the into business in the beginning, like from the from the from being a very new agent in with this system in mind? Did you practice this before? Yeah, because of the last job that I had, I was mm. constantly on the phone. I would make easily 75 calls a day. And so I just got easy at, I gave myself at that point, two minutes because construction workers are sometimes a little more gruff. So I gave myself two minutes at that point to make them laugh. Um, and I didn't dial this actual system in until about three years ago. I didn't realize what I was doing on a consistent basis was a working so well. And I was doing the same dang thing every time. So I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing until probably two years ago. <laughs> well, I would, I would imagine that you knew a little bit because I'm sure that it had a lot to contribute to you closing 24 deals your first year in real estate. Well, yeah. And, but again, I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just doing what I knew worked. Now I realize there's actually a system in place that I have kind of come up with and it works. Yeah. So uh, takeaway here is to um, don't be perfect. 
Yeah, no, that ain't no fun. Nobody likes perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, right. It just it doesn't exist, right? So, right. Um, you know, uh, uh, being perfect on the phone, I think, is what hinders a lot of people from making seventy-five phone calls a day. Yes, right? because you think that you're screwing it up. You think that people aren't listening. You get hung up on. Um, and you know, you start to get into your head about not being good enough at it. Right. Yep. So you, um, you made the calls anyway and put this system in place without like, without even thinking, am I good enough to do this yet? You just did it. Right. Did it. Yeah. And and do you think that, um, jumping off the ledge, so to speak, was because of your predisposition of this, um, superhero, um, a superpower of not hearing the word no? I mean, I think it's got to be. Uh, the, the biggest thing is whenever I was getting those phone calls at the beginning. So I need to preface this with God bless my first broker's soul. But that woman helped me write one contract and that was it. It was on me for here on out. So I, I had to learn how to do this business on my own. In that there were questions from people when I'm on the phone with a stranger and they're asking me questions and I'm like... I don't have a freaking clue. Um, I was never afraid to actually ask the client the question like ROI. When I first heard ROI, I had no freaking idea what that meant. Right. So I would literally ask the person on the phone, hey, I know you're a client and I'm going to sound like an idiot, but what the heck does ROI mean? And I would learn that way. Some people would be afraid of that. Again, that's a I don't hear no, because the opposite reflection of that could have been you're an idiot and I don't want to work with you. Mm -hmm. But instead, I was like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Teach me something. Um, So that goes back to what kind of response did you get from that? I always got wonderful responses because because one of the other things that I did in that getting to know or getting on their level is I would try to get them to teach me something (laughs) who doesn't want to talk about themselves and teach someone else some knowledge. So if I'm asking these questions, I am implying that they are smarter than me. I am now on their level mentally. I am. They are. They are far exceeding me. At that point, they all did. Um, and I would do whatever I could to make it so that they would teach me. A lot of people would be afraid of that. I've got to be perfect. Yeah. I've got to have all of the answers. I've got to know exactly what I'm saying. I never cared. I said for the first three years of my business, I'm throwing turds against the wall and seeing which ones stick. And luckily, a lot of them stuck. But I, I literally didn't have a clue what I was doing. And because that word no does not register with me, I was never afraid to ask questions. I was, I mean, honestly, my biggest client to date, he is a three and a half million dollar client, which in Kansas City, our price point at the time was like 250. Now we're up to 300. But he has bought and sold 300, uh, 3.5 million with me over the last three and a half years. And he was one of the people that I wasn't afraid to ask questions to at the beginning, mostly because I thought, I don't even want to show this guy this property, but I'm going to figure out what he knows. And I learned a lot from him. And then I showed him a property and now he's my best client. But again, I just don't hear that word no. And so that's the same for me. That's the same as asking questions. Some people are terrified of questions. In my opinion, you only grow if you ask questions. So. What I'm, what I'm hearing you, that you say with the through line that I think is the connection between all of this is that um, you are vulnerable and authentic. Very much right? so. And, and um, people see that, right? It's, when you're extremely vulnerable and, and um, 100% authentic um, in who you are, right? Not just I'm an agent, but like this is, this is who I am as a person. People see that immediately. Yeah. 
right? And and um, once once you are that way with that person, they see you, they see you acting that way. They want to do business with you. Yeah, hundred percent. And that is one of my mottos: is to remain authentic and uh, blatantly honest. So yeah, you, when, when when you get me, you get all of me, and I'm gonna be fun on a showing and an idiot. I'm gonna get out of the car on my first showing, Jim. One of my favorite things to do is. When I get out of the car and they've gotten out of the car, I've never met them in person. I get out of the car and I'm like, hey, girl, hey, how's it going? Okay. Like, I want them to think I am their favorite person. I've known them for years. I just pretend like I've known people for my whole life. Mm -hmm. And just, I don't even care what it feels like, whether they think it's weird, because I've closed some clients that in real life, I probably wouldn't have befriended them. But because I was so personable with them, it worked out really well. So I try to be as authentic as possible at all times. And, uh, I'm unabashedly myself almost, almost always. (laughs) That's huge. That's a, that's a very, very important um, lesson, I think for, for all all of us really. Um, And, and I would imagine, tell me if this is true or not, that you um, saying that you don't hear the word no has a lot to do with the fact that you're just being who you are. Yeah. And and they, and they will react a certain way. Right. And it doesn't really matter how they react because you're just you. And if they accept it, that's great. We'll work together. And if they don't accept it, that's great too. Maybe somebody else is more in line with, you know, who you want to be with. Right, exactly. And again, like you said earlier, I have a finite amount of time. So if I am being myself and I'm not hearing the response on the other side of the phone, that means I'm not going to help them. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with not helping a client that doesn't align with you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's afraid of, well, I don't want to lose that client. Why? If they're jerks, to you in the first two minutes of the phone call. How do you think they're going to treat you in the next 45 days with you being in that contract? I can tell you exactly how they're going to treat you. They're going to be jerks to you the entire time. Why would anybody, we are, we are the babysitters of these people for their entire time that they're under contract. We're their emotional support. We are there for them when they are freaking out. We're there making sure the contract's getting done. If you have someone on the other side of that, that you know is a jerk and is not going to appreciate anything you're doing anyways, you're not going to work as hard for that person. Yeah, you're still going to do your fiduciary duty, but you're definitely not going to work as hard for that person. So why even take that person on? The other part of that though, which is something I'm trying to instill in one of my agents so vehemently is when she gets someone that doesn't want to work with her, she takes it personally. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you have got to stop taking this personally. That wasn't your person. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with the fact that that person was rude to you. They didn't like you. They didn't like your tone. They're not going to like you through the whole contract. Move on. You have seven other people on the phone that are ready for you to help them buy and sell a house. So just shut up, get off. Yeah. Get on your soapbox for, for 35 seconds. Feel bad for yourself that Sally didn't like you and move the freak on. That's kind of how I have to look at it. Yeah. And um, yeah. And what I think that what you're getting at is um, creating an attraction based business model is um, going to lead to more happiness and success for you than (laughs) than the opposite. Right. Then then I'm going out to get it. Right. We got to like stop this going out to get business thing and start attracting people that want to work with us. Yeah. Now, I mean, it does take time. Obviously that takes time. I mean, I started my career really with online leads mostly. So I, I mean, I was good at phones. It made sense. So I was consistently on the rabbit trail of just 
consistently trying to find new new people to deal with. Now that I'm a little more successful in my business, I am very focused on who do I actually want to work with. And so that's definitely alleviated a lot of stress. So yeah. And and opens up some doors to other ways to bring business in, which is um which what I wish we had more time to talk about, which is what you're doing on social media right now. But we're gonna have to <laughs> maybe get um you back a second time to talk about all of your um your social media um and what you're doing to put content out there to attract business because I think it's super cool. Well, I love Facebook Lives, substantially love them. I have decided that if I could do a Facebook Live while pooping, I probably would. <laughs> that's how much I want my my face just absolutely everywhere. If I could Facebook Live my whole life, I absolutely would, but it'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We maybe need to get people to that, to the point where they can poop and go live at the same time. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, all right, let, tell everyone where, where they can um, connect with you if they want to reach out, if um, how, how they get in touch with you on social media and, and, uh, and, and connect. Uh, the easiest way would probably be Instagram, sold with real Moxie um, is who I am on Instagram, sold with real, because I'm real Moxie um, <laughs> is, is how you find me. I'm, I'm on TikTok and Facebook as well. Um, sold with real Moxie, you can find me on any of those. And that's, that's uh, Instagram or TikTok were probably my two biggest things. Facebook, I've dominated, so I'm kind of trying to move on to something else at this on, point. On to the next, right? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, this was extremely informative. Um, really appreciate the time um, for coming on and being with us, and uh, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope I was. Uh, I hope I gave you any sort of good content. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank, Thank you. So you. Much. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.